Welcome to the Shift Spotlight Podcast. I'm Winter, your host and co-founder of the Shift Spot. We are a CEO coaching and peer advisory community of fellow business owners who are passionate about making radical shifts in their businesses and their lives. We are business transformational experts that help business owners and CEOs shift from working in the business to working on the business. My partner, Ken Paskins, and I have a combined 55 years of experience as an accomplished CEO, COO, executive coach, skill sets in sales and marketing, public relations, and peak performance for successful CEOs looking to scale their business with ease. We say here at the Shift Spot, shift happens, we can help. And we believe our support will help you design your business to give you the freedom and balance you deserve. Also, the Shift Spotlight is always looking for podcast guests. So go to theshiftspot.com and click on podcasts. We'd love to have you. Hey, everybody, it's Winter here with the Shift Spotlight. And today we are here with Gary Massey, who is a CPA in Atlanta, Georgia. And he can be found at MasseyAndCompanyCPA.com. That's M-A-S-S-E-Y and company spelled out CPA.com. So welcome, Gary, to the show. We're so so grateful to have you here today. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure to be here, especially with a fellow person. I I, I know, with with an A-town person, as we like to say here. Um, So, you know, at a high level, we know what CPAs do, so we don't need an explanation there, but why don't we talk about, like, specifically what your company does? Sure. So our firm is a, what I like to say, a boutique CPA firm focused on small businesses and small business owners. We do tax returns. We do tax planning. We do tax representation, which means solving IRS or state tax problems. And we also do bookkeeping and accounting for small businesses. Gotcha. Okay. And so um, how does that stack up with like competitors? Do competitors do things differently or do they focus on different types of businesses? Like how do you stand out in a world of, you know, CPAs? That's that's a great question. So there are some firms that only deal with very large accounting firms. That is not us. So we are not uh, Ernst & Young dealing with like very, very large companies. Uh, Most of the companies that we deal with are, say, under say under two million dollars in sales. Gotcha. We don't have very many. All right. Uh, Under under that. And the other thing that makes us a little unusual is the work we do with representation. Most accountants and most attorneys do not do that. So we are unique in that regard. Gotcha. Okay. Well, I'm curious what your thoughts are because I had a I had a mentor teach me a long time ago that it's not what you make, it's what you keep in taxes, right? So I buy these books every single year. And, and I read these books. Like I don't read them cover to cover or anything like that. But you know, I'll look at you know home office deduction, and then I'll flip and I'll see you know what the requirements would be, or um, you know corporate trips and what you need to do and the documentation you need to have. And then I have all of that. And then I send it to my CPA, and he's like, "Look, I don't need it. You keep it for you." But what do you think about these Barbara Weltman books? Because I personally. For for the for because I'm a I'm a CEO for a small business. For me, these are easy to read. And you know, I I think it's not you can't leave it up to your CPA to do everything anymore, right? You gotta have a hand in what's going on. 
I think that's terrific. But there are very there are very few people who actually do that. If you can do it, if you have the discipline to actually read that and think about that, that's wonderful. Okay. What I always say, some people like to bake their own bread and some people yeah. buy, buy, buy a loaf of bread at uh, Kroger's. So whatever they want, you know, it depends yeah. on what type of person you are. If you're a do-it-yourself or if you are a... Um, or someone who likes to have it done for you. But what I will mention is that you can really do that pretty easily for an individual. But when mm -hmm. it comes to a corporate entity, it becomes much harder. Right. Because the the tech software, text preparation software that's available on the market doesn't really do entities, businesses, companies, yeah. corporate partnership returns. So for right. that, you really need something. Yeah, I definitely don't. Yeah, for sure. I don't do my own returns. I just know what is deductible and not, right? So, okay, well, um, this this question I'm sort of interested in because I'm getting married in uh, four days, in four days. So so what are the tax tips that you have for people getting married? Well, so one of the obvious things that everybody talks about is that you can file what's called married filing jointly, which mm -hmm. means that the income of you and your spouse will be joined together. and Almost always, that's a good thing. Okay. It means that you're going to pay less. Almost always. In very rare cases that I can, that I've hardly ever seen, it, it can be the other way. But almost always, you're going to pay less taxes. However, the one thing that I always tell people is that a joint tax return means joint liability. Mm -hmm. You are jointly liable. That means if you, if God forbid someone gets divorced, Either party is going to be liable, so that's called mm -hmm. joint liability. Both both uh, both spouses both spouses sign on the tax return, and they're both liable. So, gotcha. uh, if there's ever any kind of uh, issue later on, issues could be a divorce, or if there are any legal issues, like if you marry a if you marry a mobster or something like that, you know, and and uh, you become liable for that. DA or somebody that <laughs> that the, the criminals go after. So that's, that's, that's joint, it's called joint liability. And that's very, very important. And many people don't don't realize that. And then if things ever go go sour or there's some kind of, you know, God forbid, criminal activities, then uh, everybody becomes brought into it. So gotcha. that's just something to keep in mind. Uh, gotcha. For example, I just had a call um, earlier, I think it was earlier today, about what's called innocent spouse relief. Mm. That's what this talks about. There are certain cases where the spouse can be held exempt from what the other spouse did. That's called innocent spouse. And you can you can get that tax relief in very restricted circumstances, something gotcha. that, that you have to fight for. Gotcha. Okay. Well, since most of our audience are CEOs and business owners, what would uh, the tips be that you would give a business owner to stay out of tax trouble? Wow. Okay. Well, staying out of tax trouble is the most important thing that we do for our for our tax clients. That and tax planning. So, one of the one of the most obvious things to do, I think, is to keep a good set of accounting records. And I say that, but many people do not. Mm -hmm. Many people have messy books, messy accounting records, and that can make things so difficult and painful mm -hmm. when it becomes tax season. Gotcha. Because people are not going to remember what they did six, seven, eight, nine, ten months ago, what that expense was. And I see it all the time. So you have to keep a good set of accounting records. 
Personally, at my firm, we use QuickBooks online for almost mm-hmm. all of our clients. And that mm-hmm. works just fine. It's not the easiest tool to use, but it, it works fine. And it's very, very common. So I would do that. And then with that, it's important that businesses do what's called reconciling the books once a month. Mm-hmm. And reconciling those who remember back in the old days when we had to reconcile checkbooks. I don't know yep. if you're... I still do it. I still do it. I still do it. I still reconcile. And here are, I have a couple companies. I still reconcile my company checkbooks. (laughs) So many people do not do that anymore. It's like an old fashioned art, but reconciling means making sure that the numbers that are in your books tie to the bank. Yep. And that's how you know that the books are clean and there are no errors. So if you do that once a month, for all of your accounts, it will save you so much time and effort when it comes to to tax season. And you can pretty much become what I call audit proof, which means that you have the backup as long as you have receipts. That's one thing we have to mention. Keep receipts. Mm-hmm. You can keep them electronically on a on a cloud storage or copies if you want. If you don't mind a lot of paper, but uh, keep receipts and reconcile the bank account, and then you'll be pretty much audit proof. Right. Another right. thing I would for those who have employees, don't do your own payroll. Hire mm-hmm. a payroll company. Right. I I believe in that very very strongly. Payroll is difficult, and the and the risks of getting in trouble with payroll are very significant. Another thing that I would mention that I see all the time is people who get letters from the government, either the IRS or from the State Department of of revenue or the any kind of taxing authorities and they get nervous and they don't open the letters and they put it into a drawer and i see this every single week it's very very common and if you do that if you put it into a drawer i guarantee you you will get in tax trouble so open the mail read it and see what it says and then either call your cpa uh or you you, you can you can call me or or your local cpa whoever you'd like and they they will help you sort uh, straighten it out, sort sort through the mess, and and deal with it promptly. If you don't do that, you will get in trouble. Gotcha. Okay. And so you've got a staff that works with you. How many employees do you have? We have twelve. At the twelve. Moment. Okay. 12. So when you That's first 12. started your business, how many employees did you start with? Were you were you kind of doing it your on your own, or were you were you the bookkeeper and the marketer and the, you know, uh, salesperson and were you all of the people or did you come kind of with the staff right from the beginning? No, it, it was only me. Yeah. It was me working out of my home office and um, me working out of my home office and it slowly grew. I think one of the first people who I took on was an admin mm-hmm. and that was a very, very important position. The admin helps me do billing to our clients and rights engagement letters and those those kind of things. That's very, very important. And then gradually, gradually, I started to bring in additional helpers, some help with doing tax returns, some help with doing QuickBooks bookkeeping and accounting, and then various levels of uh, tax return skills. Gotcha. So, you know, you've you've been doing this for a really long time now. What, what's been the hardest part of running your own business? Because we're talking to CEOs, they've all got their own issues, but what we've kind of seen is there's some commonalities and some similarities, but how people deal with these issues kind of helps turn things around. 
for them. So what were some of the common problems you had in the beginning? I'll tell you what the hardest problem that I have found in having a business, and that's pricing, Mm. knowing how much to price your products and services. That Mm -hmm. is a continual challenge. Every Mm -hmm. day, that is a challenge, trying to figure it out because you want to be fair. You want to be fair to your clients. You want to be fair to your staff who are getting compensated. And uh, you you don't want to be pricing it too low so that you're not making money. And you don't want it too high so that the clients walk away. Now, that is a continual challenge. And that has been, I would say, that's the hardest part of, of running a business, in my estimation. Interesting. That's interesting. Um, You know, I had a situation where I had to change CPAs a few years back. And when I first started working with this new firm, it's always painful when you have to make a change. Nobody likes change. You know, when I first started working with them, um, you know, you've got that getting through things. Then I found out that they like kind of charge per email, per communication, per whatever. And I wasn't used to that. I didn't have that before. And so um, what I found, though, was that he ended up saving me a ton of money on my taxes. And I don't mind paying for something as long as the value is there, right? Because it's like, I never had to pay for time before with the CPA, but all of a sudden here I am. But then he found this little way to to save me money. So how do you continually deliver value to your clients so that the pricing isn't as much of an issue? Not the pricing as much of an issue. Well, so... uh, there's there's a whole uh, stream of thought in in the accounting profession, and maybe maybe lawyers do this, and other other professionals. But what, there's a thing called value billing, mm-hmm. where you bill according to what it's worth. And the, and the challenge with with value billing is everybody values things differently. Mm-hmm. Like if you look at a tax return, some people want their tax returns fast, mm-hmm. and some people don't care if it's fast. Or some people want to meet with the partner, and some people wouldn't care about that. Some people are happy with doing Zoom calls and some people want face-to-face. Everybody wants something different. So value is hard to determine. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. you're right. You are right. One of the values that we as CPAs bring to the table is tax planning, which is the which are the efforts that we do to bring taxes down. Right. And uh, right. Uh, Tax return by itself is is looking backward. You know, it's what's mm-hmm. happened in the in the prior year. Tax planning is looking forward. So both of them require skill. Tax planning requires even more skill and more creativity because there are things that that you can do that are creative. Right. But all of them bring value. And you're right that as a as a business owner of any kind, you have to tell your client, communicate to your client what you did for them, what that value is. If you keep it a secret, they're not going to know. So right. you have to let them know. And there are different right. ways of doing it. Some people uh, send uh, like progress updates or, or <clears throat> excuse me, or um, uh, video updates. There's this thing called Loom now, you know, Loom, where, where people oh, record yeah. these little videos. Okay. Those, are, those are super cool. There are lots I could not of live without them. Do it, but you're right. But you have to communicate to people what it is that you're bringing to them, and uh, and that helps a lot. From my perspective, what's very difficult as far as value communicating value is is bookkeeping. People mm-hmm. tend not to appreciate bookkeeping. They they do appreciate taxes, 
because they don't want to get in trouble. But bookkeeping, people don't value all that much. It's not a super high value product yeah. or service. So that's yeah. that's that's harder. So how do you communicate the value of, of good bookkeeping? Let the them do the I would do that for a and, few days and see how, how quickly they'll change their mind. Because I do my own bookkeeping because I know what's a business expense, what's a supply. You know, if you if you buy five things on Amazon, that's where I took it over was my my CPA was classifying all this stuff from Amazon as business gifts, which you can only deduct $25 out of a business gift. And like some of those were supplies. That's 100% deductible. Some of those were client retention, which is a marketing expense, also 100% deductible. So when I realized, you know, I wasn't getting the full deduction, I took it back over. So I say to all those people who don't value bookkeeping, take it over yourself and then see how much you value it because it is it is time consuming for me. But I go back to, it's not what you make, it's what you keep. And if I know that things are being classified right, then I'm going to save more than like maybe, you know, somebody who didn't know exactly what I bought when I bought it. Yes. So the chief reason for doing bookkeeping or accounting is taxes mm -hmm. so that you can do a tax return. That's what you're talking about. There are a few other reasons which can be important in certain circumstances. If you ever sell your business, and you have to have financial statements, then mm -hmm. you need good bookkeeping. If you right. ever want to borrow money and you have to go to a bank and provide financial statements, then you need bookkeeping. So those things do come up from time to time. Gotcha. So we're kind of in this weird, you know, uncertain environment right now. What would you say the top three things in, in the economy, in the world, you know, in your business line that are impacting your business right now? Well, I'll mention a couple of things which come to mind. So what's so unique today is because of the internet, that has enabled people to start their own home businesses of all different kinds. We can now work at home out of our home offices, something that 15 or 20 years ago was was unthinkable. And of course, when you work at home, you, you don't have the same overhead. It's, it's just so much. And so that has opened up opportunities for so many people. And when you have your own business of any almost any kind, then you can do really significant tax planning. If you're an employee of a company, if, if you get a W-2 at, at, at the end of every year, there's limit, there, there's some tax planning you can do, but not a ton. When you have your own business, you can really save significant taxes in various ways. And we can talk about that. But this, this reality that we're living in today with the internet, it has made all of that possible. Mm -hmm. So I think that's very, very profound and, and profoundly exciting that, that we can do that. I think it's had a tremendous impact upon the opportunities of young people, retirees, all kinds of people who start thinking about having a side gig, whether it's whether it's driving Uber or uh, so many other things, walking a dog and getting paid for it or being an accountant <laughs> or so many other things that become available to us because of that. Mm -hmm. So that that to me is, is profoundly important and significant and very exciting. And it, it, mm -hmm. it brings me a lot of business because all of these people need accountants. But right. uh, even more importantly, it's created so much opportunity. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. On the other side, 
little bit more of a, of, of a negative reality that I've noticed is that the government is becoming more and more aggressive. I've, I've seen an uptick in the number of clients who are being audited. Yeah. People come to me that, in fact, most of them had their returns done by other accountants, but uh, for, for whatever reason, they are being audited and they, they come to us and ask us to solve the problem. And we recently closed several audits with very, very good results, but it is painful and expensive. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So as the government's become more and more aggressive, then this kind of work becomes more and more significant. So that's with the IRS and an area that is even more where the government is more aggressive relates to sales taxes, state sales taxes. They're super aggressive. If mm -hmm. you're ever in a sales tax audit, that could be an amazingly painful experience. So uh, those are two things that I've noticed, two changes that I've noticed going on that impact what I do. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Gotcha. Okay. Where do you see yourself investing resources in your company for 2024? Well, the most, there are two areas that I have found to be the most significant, most impactful in my own business. One is search engine optimization, SEO. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that has been very, very powerful for me. That's how people find us. It's mm -hmm. not, most part, it's not through sending out letters or billboards or other kinds of advertisement, other kinds of marketing. It's search engine optimization. And I believe that that's the biggest, um, that's the most significant thing that I can invest in that mm -hmm. will bring the, the uh, greatest return. The other thing which brings a lot of return is very specific types of networking that lead to referrals. Mm -hmm. So developing certain kinds of referral partnerships, referral arrangements, and basically getting to know people, getting out of the office and getting to know certain kinds of people, that has been also very, very impactful. So I'd say SEO is number one, and then this kind of networking and referral arrangements would be number two. So that's where I would uh, invest money in. And then as the business grows, uh, fortunately, most of my team works remote. So mm -hmm. I don't have to worry about paying for real estate. I'm happy, happy for that. And the mm -hmm. uh, remote business arrangements have worked out very, very well for us. Uh, so we will gradually bring on staff, but the, but the staff can be anywhere. They can work out of their homes and they can be located throughout the world. So right. it becomes very easy. Yeah. When you say networking groups, like what, what networking groups do you typically find to be the most useful? So I've done lots of different networking groups. I've done uh, BNI and others, mm -hmm. and all of them are very good. The most important thing at those groups is that you meet the right kind of people who are going to send you business. So mm -hmm. it's not so much the group, but it's the kind of people who you're going to meet at that group. Someone who has the opportunity or is in a position to send you referral opportunities. And that's, of course, different for every person. For me, being a CPA, we get a lot of business from uh, financial planners. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so developing a relationship with a financial planner is very significant. So why is that? Someone goes to a financial planner and they're looking to you know, figure out where to invest. And if they ask questions, well, do you have a business? Do you have an accountant? Do you Have you gotten into any kind of tax problems? Those are all things which the financial planner is not going to deal with themselves, but 
they would refer it to us. And I, in turn, don't don't do financial planning. So right. if someone needs a, you call it a, a 401k or a IRA or a uh, SEP, which is a, a self, what is that? Self, self-employed self pension plan, I think. Yep. This, this is not my expertise, but I can refer mm-hmm. it out to a uh, planner. So I would refer that and they refer to me. And that's the best way to to develop business opportunities because it helps me. It helps the other person and helps the the client who's getting the very best and most diverse services possible. Yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. All right. And and wrapping this up, if you could go back to the you that started this business a long time ago and and tell your younger self something that could benefit another CEO or entrepreneur out there, what would you tell your younger self? Well. The most important thing I would say is that have confidence in your ability and you can do it. One of the most important skills, probably the most important skill is selling, marketing and selling. Because mm-hmm. no matter how good you are, if you don't have any clients or customers, then you can't do a business. So all it takes is to be friendly, to tell a good and truthful story, and to speak in a in a heartfelt and honest way. And you can you can do it. Go out and meet people. Tell them what your story is and you will get clients. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that's the most important thing. And be authentic in your marketing. I think that when people market and they're trying to be something they're not, or they're trying to be too cutesy or, you know, whatever, and they're not being honest about, you know, who they need to attract or who they want to attract, they they end up attracting all the wrong clients. And then they go, well, why am I even in this business at all? So I think you have to be authentic to who you really are and who you want to attract. That's right. I totally yeah. agree with that. Okay, so um, tell our listeners how they can get a hold of you one more time. Sure. So the website is massyandcompanycpa.com. My email is gary.massey at massyandcompanycpa.com. And if you go to the website, you'll see my my telephone number and you are welcome to reach out to me. And I will do my very best to assist. We also have a uh, blog post, play uh, blogs, where I put out uh, information that I think is significant and interesting, particularly for for small business owners. And you're welcome to read that. And if you ever have a question, best is to reach out to me by email, and I will be delighted to be of assistance. Awesome. Thank you so much. We really appreciate you coming on today. Great to be here. Thank you. Winter here. Thank you so much for listening to the Shift Spotlight podcast. If you are a business owner, CEO, founder, or co-founder of a service-based business with 11 to 100 employees and have zero to nine years of experience seeking recognition for your exceptional expertise while gaining exposure through our remarkable network, Well, we are actively searching for podcast guests who can bring their inspiring stories to light, to the spotlight, and we would love to showcase your journey. Please visit theshiftspot.com forward slash podcast to apply today. And if you are a listener, I'd love to give a shout out to your business, to our whole audience for free. All you have to do is leave a review on Apple Podcasts or follow our newsletter on LinkedIn by searching The Shift Spot through LinkedIn. I'd love to just even have you pop by and say hello. 
because I'd love to meet you. Your thumbs up ratings and reviews go a long way to help promote the show and mean a lot, truly, to me and my team. We believe every person has a message that can positively impact the world. And we love our community who listens and shares our program. Together, we are empowering one another as shift leaders. Hit subscribe to be inspired and motivated. I promise to bring positivity and inspiration to you and your growing business. We will see you next time.